Does everybody know what time it is? It's time for you to choose, Landon. Uh-oh. Who's the most important man in your life? Me or David Byrne and Stop Making Sense? <laughs> Truman. You gotta choose. I did, Truman. Oh. Thank you. I'm sorry I wasn't listening. I was talking to some other man who's more important. And neither are our listeners. On grunt work. December 24th on Grunt Work in the Dark, when I see a man chilling with his dog in the park, I approach very slowly with my heart full of fear, looked at his dog, oh my god, a podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that is sure to jingle your bells. Argyle, haven't you got any Christmas music? (laughs) I am Landon, please keep your tray tables in the locked position, Solano, joined always by my co-host Truman. No ticket. Caps. (laughs) Truman, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. You threw me for a loop there. I thought I was going to be put your seat backs up, or or can I have the whole can of peanuts? But in all honesty, if we're analyzing that scene from Indiana Jones, I'm not, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not Indiana Jones. I'd like to think I'm not the Nazi getting thrown out the window. I'm probably one of the people just going, oh my, I'm scared. (laughs) You're one of the passengers that uh, periodically ask other passengers, are you a doctor? Yeah. Yeah, for no reason whatsoever. Just c- <laughs> outside of having a beeper. Yeah, I, I honestly, I thought that I thought that and I'm just skipping way the fuck ahead into the episode. I thought that woman was going to say, "Um, you're supposed to put your beeper on airplane mode, <laughs> sir." <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, Landon, um, how are you? It's good to see you. I'm okay. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm full of the Christmas spirit because <laughs> I guess it. Ne- the movie Four Christmases is basically about our life because we have to celebrate Christmas so many damn times on this podcast. <laughs> And we literally just, not even a month ago, uh, celebrated it. Yeah, it's Christmas too, uh, and and truly is an electric the re- boogaloo. The revenge, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. revenge of the the boogaloo. Yeah, <laughs> I guess basically. Uh, we watch an episode of Home Improvement every week on this show. We do, and then we talk about it. Yes, uh, if you at can, infinitum. If you can call what we do talking, uh, <laughs> not just sort of jabbering at each other in a language that is increasingly only understood by us like two secretive True. twins yes. who invented a make-believe language that only they know <laughs> that documentary is fantastic by the way um, it's called grunt work <laughs> do you have a synopsis of this week's episode i do landon it's christmas eve and tim and al are flying to a nearby town for the day to lead an elf parade i'm gonna stop and say when I finished writing the synopsis, I yeah. had to proofread it and be like, this is a fucking doozy of a synopsis. So, I'm sorry. I'm just, okay, I'm no. Just Thanks for the... I need the, the trigger warning. I, I just I just want you to understand that, like, as you're listening to this, you might think, this is kind of intense. It's a lot of synopsis. Okay, give it to me. It's Christmas Eve, and Tim and Al are flying to a nearby town for the day to lead an elf parade. But when Al's mother keeps blowing up his beeper with messages and invites herself to the romantic New Year's he had planned, Eileen has had enough and gives Al an ultimatum. Or an altimatum. Or an ultimatum. No, yours is better. That was good, it was good. (laughs) Eileen has had enough and gives Al an ultimatum. Her or his mother. As Al negotiates this feud between the two most important women in his life, he and Tim are trapped in a tiny regional airport by a massive snowstorm that threatens to keep them from getting home for Christmas, which means it's on the boys to compete against Doc Johnson in the annual Christmas light contest. 
this is a plot heavy episode your your synopsis was far more electric than uh the episode was or the boogaloo and uh that's pun intended because there's a lot of electricity in this episode this episode was shocking in that regard (laughs) uh but no i mean that's like just as i was typing this up it was like wow i can't really cut any of this for relevance like there's a lot of moving parts in this episode like there's it's densely layered in terms of plot but I mean, it is. I mean, there is a lot going on, but, I mean, you could remove something and it wouldn't fall apart. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to give people the full... I, as I was writing it, I was kind of like, oh, man, these things all kind of c- come in on each other. Like, there's two... Like, Tim and They L- do, yes. And I, I don't want to take away from that. Yeah. I just mean, uh, your synopsis is fantastic and you included everything. I'm just saying that the way you make it sound and you're you're making it oh, sound better like, than it is I, I, yeah in that they aren't so closely knit to each other i mean they're kind of like separate doilies yeah it's not it's not a <laughs> it's not an intricately crafted swiss watch of yeah. plotting or anything but also, like, i guess you crochet a doily you don't knit a doily yeah you know you could have said anything and i would have gone with it though i'm not really i this isn't this isn't knit work i don't know how that all that all, i'm not I'm just trying to get ahead of all the uh crochet uh enthusiasts that that reach out to it I oh, mean, because yeah. they are the most ardent in terms of voicing their opposition to uh you know fucking up yeah no seriously it's like in terms of in terms of hostile online fan bases it's crocheters star wars crocheters again <laughs> uh, and then reddit um <laughs> And I don't have any more jokes about that. So, uh, yeah, a what? A waka waka waka. A waka 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 indeed. I guess I would ask you for your impressions of this episode, but first I want to guess what the title was. Uh, Then why don't you guess that title? I have a few. Okay. Are any of them good? Who knows? First up, Away in a Planger. (laughs) You get it, guys? I do, and I like it a lot. Christmas episode. Um, This one is probably the best. We are Al's mom squad, and we're coming to town. Beep, beep. Because <laughs> eh? eh? it touches on our uh, night's episode yeah, recently. I, it, it did. It did. Yeah. It, made me, it made me reconsider uh, David Bowie's fashion. Uh, <laughs> um, the light of Al's life. Because hmm. okay. lights are a big part of it. So is Eileen. Yeah. The best laid planes. Ooh. All okay. right. All right. A bunch of planes fucking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you look at how airline pilots are, how they horn dog around sooner. And planes are basically yeah. big flying phalluses yeah. anyway. Exactly. And Tim, preferring cars, finding himself stranded is like, well, this is just going to have to do. They're yeah. planes. They're I, close enough to cars. I would I would wager, actually, that if Tim is horny for cars, that a plane, like when he really starts to get to thinking about it, like, well, it has wheels. And it operate can operate like a car, but it's got so much power that it flies. Oh, oh, oh God! Oh, I need a towel. Is the sort of <laughs> thing that he would say. I'm not proud of myself for what I just said. And here on fake Christmas of all days, um, last one, guys, so we can all forget about what I just did. Please. Actually, actually, I mean to to do a callback to a joke that only you and I have been making. Tim's response would actually be, "Oh my God, I'm gonna fucking come." <laughs> Uncut gems in theaters now. Okay, last option. Clowns to the left of me, wise men to my right. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um. So it was. It was all of those. I it take was it. every single one. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity. Uh, Is this another time when I should have been able to get it, no, but I didn't try hard enough? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not without context. Yeah. Or a hint. Um. Do you remember the naming convention of the previous uh, Christmas episodes? I'm trying to remember now. Do you want me to give you a few? Yeah, yeah, yeah give me a few. Because they're all very similar. So season three was 
uh, let me see if this goes even earlier than that. I think it started in season three. It did. Season three's Christmas episode was "Twas the Blight Before Christmas." Ah, uh, "Twas the Flight Before Christmas." <laughs> Although I also would have taken Jesus's birthday. <laughs> Shit. Oh. "Twas the Flight Before Christmas." A plus home improvement. Yeah. Fuck, I'm dumb for not catching that. That's basic writing <laughs> shit. Oh, God. <laughs> and then last year's was uh, Twas the Chaos Before Christmas. No, well, this is much better than Twas the Chaos. Or Twas the Night Christmas. Before Chaos. I can't remember. Oh, uh, Twas the Night Before Chaos is better. Yeah, the Night Before Chaos. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about this episode, this here uh, 22.36 minutes of uh, airtime? Uh, this 22.36 minutes of our lives that, uh, <laughs> that we flushed. Uh, you know, um... It had, I liked it in a kind of structural sense, r- really esoteric language you're using here, Truman. I, li- I liked kind <laughs> this of... This is when you're trying to, like, beat around, like, yeah. I didn't connect with what you sent me, but, you know, Godspeed to you. I didn't do the reading, but the professor <laughs> called on me, so... Um, I, I think that... Uh, th- there was a lot that I liked about this episode that's more just related to what the show is yeah. and where the where the characters are because I like the characters a lot. Yes. So I mean, I like seeing Al finally being confronted with his overbearing mother. I like seeing Al strengthening his relationship with Eileen. I like I like seeing the boys. I mean, I thought the boys plot was kind of one of the more impactful ones just in that they are now they're all kind of all three of them old enough now yeah. to be doing the Christmas lights and kind of usurping their dad. Agree. Let me ask you this though cuz it's uh You can ask me anything. I Landon. always <laughs> I always feel like there there's something flimsy about this season. I like it. I mean, trust me, I'm not complaining. Uh but it's just it's very thin. And I don't know what it is. Like I'm thinking about this episode, and particularly the boys' subplot, and I'm thinking back to, like, a season one episode with them in the arcade, which happened concurrently with Jill learning to bowl, and they were able to do more with the B story in those early episodes than they are in these more recent episodes, and I'm wondering why that is. I can't quite put my finger on it. I think maybe it's just because there's more shit going on, and, like, now there is more... There are more characters on the show. Yeah. They are more deeply invested in more stuff. There are running subplots about tool time going national. About you know, Al has a serious girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, the boys are older and can do more shit. Um, so I think part of it is that there's just more stuff going on, jockeying for attention. And also, I would say I, I, I think it might be a little selective memory because there were a lot of very flimsy, very weak episodes well, in I, season I'm one. I'm certainly not I, contesting that at yeah, all. I mean, yeah. the first you know faux Halloween episode that we had had almost no plot to it. Sure, yeah. Um, I'm just saying when we had B plots, they I felt like they were given a little more life in. Maybe that's exactly right. There is more going on. As I'm thinking about it now, this episode had, you know, Al and Eileen. This had the kids. This had, uh, should I just go through the laundry list that you just read? Yeah, no, go through it. See how closely you were listening to my very long synopsis that we interrupted Um, to do portmanteaus about Al. But I wonder if it wouldn't be better served with, you know, kind of a less is more approach. Uh, It's like, I would like to see, you know, maybe just the Al story and the boy story. And, you know, have the whole Binford thing and the whole uh, airport shenanigans, you know, fall to the wayside. Or vice versa and do the airport stuff and keep the boys stuff in a separate episode. I I do feel like, you know, this is a thing that I have noticed in this season particularly. And I think in some other ones where, yeah, there are too many good ideas. Yeah. 
sometimes sometimes in the past it's been this episode has no good ideas what are you doing <laughs> other ones like this it's like you've got two you know multiple really good ideas but you yeah. try to jam them all into one thing and none right. of them really take off pun uh but <laughs> i don't i don't know i mean i guess i agree with you that that i would have i well for one thing i was kind of bummed when i realized oh we're not gonna see an elf parade damn it i guess i i guess i knew that's gonna cost a lot yeah. of money to shoot but i really wanted to see tim and al leading an elf parade uh i mean i just I, for me i would have liked to have seen uh you know more of the mechanics of what the boys are doing with the light stuff like yeah i want to see the torch passed to the kids and what what are they getting into what are their fun and games section of their story what 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 horrible things have they done to mark in the process <laughs> exactly yeah, you know you're you're right there because the 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 halloween halloween contest fuck the christmas put a dollar in the not knowing holidays jar <laughs> the christmas light contest is a big piece of lore on yeah. this show and it's a thing that has has eluded tim always and uh now we don't even get to see tim's reaction to the boys winning which is something that i honestly wanted to see yeah. this is a real you're right this is a really big milestone this is like because I, I feel like tim is going to feel a mixture of intense pride for his boys doing as their as their tool dad could never yeah. do and also helping the plane land for god's sake <laughs> and then also feeling you know not dealing with it well the fact that he wasn't able to beat doc johnson so yeah, you know, yeah, they really burned kind of a major point of development in the boys' relationship with their dad. Yeah. Was Wilson judging again? Was there someone else in the neighborhood? Was there, you know, bribery going on? How old is Doc Johnson getting? Well, Does they, he they, have help from his. Uh, uh, remember they, Laura? She oh, was yeah. uh, going to be possibly Randy's girlfriend one episode, and that no, that would have been the real way to win <laughs> the, the the contest is to just you know is to sabotage through her. Yeah. Well, we do know, like they said, Doc Johnson is eighty years old now. Yeah. So an eighty-year-old proctolo- former proctologist. Okay. We also, just, yeah, we also got Al's age in this, and we'll get to that. In due oh, time, yeah, but. that's that's yeah, vapors, vapors all around. <laughs> uh, one thing I want, last thing I want to mention before we go into the deep dive here is uh, this episode aired on December twelfth, nineteen ninety-five, directed by Andy Kadiff and written by John Vandergriff. Uh, all people that we know and love. This uh, is the last Sparta. episode. Oh. Of 1995. Oh my god, so the OJ trial is basically done. Tis. Which means that, of course, we are leaning right into the 1996 election. <laughs> and then shortly after, impeachment. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, there's there's a, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, wow, okay, so this is a fine way to see out, well, this is an okay way to see this out 95. Way, yeah. yeah, it's still, I would still take this episode over most episodes in season three and yeah. probably most in season four tim tim shows some decency in this episode at yeah, times yeah. so yeah you know, despite our long personal reflections this week i had one note oh okay which was kind of funny but lacking in any real charisma or spirit which is a shame that you don't have spirit at christmas like but I... they do have spirit on the airlines. So. Oh God! You, yeah, you mean the martini that he drinks and then sticks the olives in his ears? <laughs> uh, that, but also Spirit Airlines. I, I, I don't want to do a promotion for them because they suck. Well, I feel like I feel like you just did it. Everybody fly Allegiant instead. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's I. Yeah. I think I basically agree with your assessment. It was. I mean, just enjoyable simply for the fact that we've been like everyone is so good at their role by yeah. now that it's fun to watch. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. So, uh, we are going to go into uh, our patrons. 
Oh, just yes, thanking we are. a few of them. Yeah, just thank a couple of them. Their just patrons. A, just a couple. Just a patron or two. Just... <laughs> these are uh, these are our Al pals. Uh, yes. The people that we love, that love Al, that love us, and uh, there's just nothing but love. Yeah. Love going all around. Yeah. You know, whenever I get gloomy about the state of the world, I like to think about the little regional airport in this episode, where I guess all of our patrons walk in. Love actually is all around. Why am I doing this? I did this I, I joke have no last idea. week. I, I even I'm I, confused. Yeah. Uh, so thank you to Tom, Kirsty, Tara, John, and John. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Name a more iconic group. I'll wait. <laughs> I, I Were you trying to, trying to think of the the five version of a duo? Yes, pent something. Pent pent is that five sizes? Uh, like because the Pentagon has five five uh, points on it. The, is it five points or five sides? I think it's oh it goes five by sides. sides. Oh, maybe that's it. Then yeah. So the Pentagon. Name now, a more iconic Pentagon. Always the Pentagon has a big hole in the middle too, like a donut. Uh, so that's technically five additional sides. So the Pentagon has ten sides. So it should be the Decagon. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds really cool uh yeah that's the utopia that well no because that's a whole militaristic thing that would be a dystopia thing you, so, you, you want a 10 was, si- yeah. <laughs> your utopia just has 10 sided things in it that's uh that's a weird that's a weird fixation to have <laughs> i was gonna go into a, a, a flatlander thing but i'm not going to uh let's go deep dive in in the coral put your goggles and oxygen tank on Guys, this is three in a row now of us where we're just weird. I feel like we go through pockets of weirdness on this show, but I, I, I'm liking it still. I'm having fun. Um, I th- think you said there's less to complain about, so it's just like internal implosions are happening. And yeah, it's just coming out as weirdness. If we're if we're not focusing on things that we don't like, if we actually the fact that we're finding ourselves liking the show now means that we are losing our grip on reality. Exactly. I can't yeah. trust anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh you know down is up up is down uh etc yeah funny we, is not funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> we go into the the cold open uh which is tool time at christmas yes and the very first thing we see is heidi in a tight sweater and a short skirt shaking sleigh bells as she walks through the audience at tool time uh yeah i yep she certainly does yep uh um, merry rest- christmas as uh as she comes out as a sexy elf. As Santa's little helper. And I have to say, I thought I, I do find it interesting sometimes the, sh- the way that they open up the show. Because like, you get this close-up on like nothing in particular, and then we pan down, and then it's like, oh, it's Heidi, and we're following Heidi. She's walking through yeah. the audience, and the camera... It's a, it's an intricate camera move that they it do. It is, yeah. They usually do that. Yeah. Uh, I guess... I, never, I mean, I've noticed it, but I've never thought to comment on it. But it is kind of unique to the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess I only think to, I, I only think to comment on it when Heidi is involved with it. I, I basically <laughs> am Brad right now. Um, but yeah, so she introduces Tim and Al. Yep. And uh, for a very and you know for a very special Christmas episode of uh, Tool Time. I was going to say grunt work, and I was like, that's our show. <laughs> and I've heard myself when I've edited the podcast. I've heard myself fuck this up where I refer to Tool Time as home improvement. And so it's kind of difficult when there's a show within a show and then we're making a show about the show. There's a lot of names of shows to keep straight. And let me throw this at you. I The other day, uh, just as one does, since Home Improvement has been such a part of my life for mm-hmm. years now. Yeah, in um, different ways. In different ways. Uh, it just happened to be floating through my head in the last week. And I discovered the way to do a Home Improvement reboot yes. without Tim Allen. How do you do it? You don't call it Home Improvement. You call it Tool Time. And you make it all about Al. Oh, okay. Okay. 
All right. So it's just what it's just like what tool time would be like if it was just yeah, like, it's it's you know twenty five years later. Yeah, Al has you know become you know I, I gave my pitch of what we think the home improvement. Remember years ago? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Wilson um, Wilson has died now. They rebuild the fence in the backyard <laughs> or tear it down. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what that part was, but my my thing was that. Uh, instead of Binford, it's now Borland Tools, and he is oh, the sponsor he the of Tool yeah, yeah. Time. And you get new hosts, and maybe bring Pamela Anderson back as the host uh, with Debbie Dunning as yeah. uh, Heidi and Lisa together hosting oh, Tool Time. That would be dope as hell. I like that very much. And Al plays the Bud character. Yeah, who's just who's who's running the show, and and probably has a shitload of kids, and that's an interesting <laughs> thing to see him dealing with. I like that a lot. So you do the whole thing without Tim. Yeah, it'd be like uh, um, the Three's Company spinoff, uh, Three's a Crowd, yeah. where Jack uh, John Ritter opens up his uh, Jack's Bistro, and they live above the restaurant. Yeah, um, I'm I'm that sorry, was clearly I... successful. So yeah, it, it it did very well and was on for years and years. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I love that idea. The only problem is Tim Allen inevitably suing to shut down production. Well, I, he doesn't own it. I guess you're right, yeah. But I feel like, uh, no, you know, I don't want to poke any holes in your dream. This is a good idea. I want to see this show get made. <laughs> Thank Netflix, you. are you listening? Bring it back. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Tim and Al come out uh, in what initially looked like hazmat suits, but we quickly learned that they are doing their week-long salute to electricity. Um... <laughs> That was good. I, I respected that. <laughs> it sounded more like a bug getting trapped in one of those uh, electric fly traps, but but still electricity. <laughs> and that bug was saluting electricity as it died. <laughs> uh, they, they call these things, which is something Tim will be doing when he dies. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We, Whatever the salute is, he's going to be saluting it as he's going. And I feel like I feel like getting electrocuted is just the way he's going to die. He's <laughs> going to be like he will just he will be glowing and rooted <laughs> in place getting electrocuted forever like a like a never extinguished torch. Um but yeah, they're wearing these flash suits which can apparently take you you know, they're they're you've got like a uh, UV visor and there's goggles yeah. and there's these like weird plastic parkas or whatever and they say you can take 20,000 volts and not get fried. Yep. And then Tim starts parading up and down the stage. Now I wanna I wanna take a moment to yes. point out a line, point yes. of order this yes. line here. Yes. Okay. Tim, you know, they talk about the flash suits, the two thousand volts. Uh and then Tim says, It's like the nineties way of saying, Hey, I'm not gonna get fried. Yeah. Is there another decades way of saying, Hey, I'm not gonna get fried? Well, I think I don't the, quite understand the joke here. In the fifties it was, Hey daddy oh, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get fried. And in the seventies it was like, Whoa, I'm not gonna get fried, pass the drugs. And then But it, how how is the suit changing the vernacular? Well, I think because in the fifties it was more of a zoot suit. There was like a, a there's like a flame retardant pocket square. You had it's a zoot flash suit. And instead of instead of uh, safety goggles, it's like three D glasses, like like one of Biff's gang in Back to the Future wears. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In the in the seventies, uh, I mean, clearly bell bottoms. It's 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 bell bottoms, platform uh, shoes, and butterfly collars. And I think that your afro is just that's part of it. You know, it's flame like you use okay. a special hairspray that's actually flame retardant. Uh-huh. The only flame retardant hairspray. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and in the 80s, um, I don't know, the whole thing is just Max Headroom. It's a, you put on a Max Headroom mask. and <laughs> Or the, the Flock of Seagulls haircut you have, just oh. the wings from it blow out any, uh, yeah, flames yeah, that they, they, starting. they flap it away. You were making the same motion as Tim does in the opening credits, too, <laughs> flapping your, your hands like ineffective <laughs> little chicken wings. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's the 90s way to do it. The 90s, you know, it's got a more grungy aesthetic. Yeah, you're right, yeah, exactly, and if anything, it's much more, uh, 
Well, wait, this is the 90s that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we already have it. It's the flash suit that you don't get fried in. Yeah. So it's, well, whatever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they're, a little, they're, little conversational cul-de-sac. Tim and Ann. <laughs> Tim and Al doing their best to look like Michael Myers, even though it's Christmas. They honestly do, yeah. Um, the grunt creep runs out. Oh, yeah, he does. And uh, he does a little wave to everybody and then jumps inside a Christmas gift yeah. that's hiding underneath. We didn't mention they have a tree. Yeah. But Tim is rigged up uh, to... I can't remember the specifications. Seven hundred watt light bulbs, which yep. are apparently, which Al says that's light, that's that's bright enough to light a runway. <laughs> which at the time I was like, oh, oh what wow, a clever, what a clever piece of of just discussion. But then or like, oh, that's a nice description. And then it comes back. I didn't even pick up on that. So kudos to you, sir. Well foreshadowed, I say. And you need a bright light <laughs> to cast some foreshadowing that that stark. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so they are, so Tim kind of walks up and down the stage as Al narrates like it's a fashion show, yeah. showing off all the different parts of the, the suit, and then... Uh, I was getting really frustrated, because when they're talking back and forth, uh, and they got their visors up, as soon as they, as soon as, every time Tim turned his head and we cut to the shot of Al, his visor was blocking the calendar. See, this was my favorite part of the episode, because every time we cut to them, the visor is blocking the calendar. And hearing, hearing your frustration on the couch. But it's Heidi. It's a close-up of Heidi. It's a different close-up of Heidi than last week. Last week was kind of a periwinkle. This is a pink. Mm. And she's doing one of these poses. So you can oh. get like a... Uh, Landon has his arms up in a muscle... Okay, well, don't look at me that way, Landon. I don't I don't, I don't to, like that. We're I'm too... trying to give you a visual to give you the word pictures to I, give I, the I, listeners. Then use words. Don't she's use images. Two, no, like, oh. two-pound two barbells in her hands. Landon, we're two, we're two men alone in an apartment. <laughs> you cannot you cannot do that. Um, Just picture me holding up two of the Picard busts in front of me because oh. then it makes one bust. Oh God. And it's, you know, just uh, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Well that, that's, that's great. That's we, great. Landon. We've Noth- successfully nothing... made German uncomfortable. You, you, I didn't think you could do anything that would make me hate your calendar segment more than I already did, but, but you found oh, a I way. I started yet. This is an achievement in, Oh God, <laughs> a real achievement in the field of making me not like this. Um, so the, uh, the they do this little fashion show. Uh, grunt creep dives into a Christmas gift. Yes. Who's going to open that gift? I wonder and receive a grunt creep. That's exciting. That's a good question. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> assuming that uh, the tree and all the presents underneath it don't get set on fire from Tim's lights. Well, this is interesting because this is this is one of the first times that Tim's uh, Tim's Christmas creation doesn't catch fire. This is this is I think a step in the right direction. <laughs> it really does exactly what it's supposed yeah. to. Tim, like Al says, oh Tim, you should you should wear this this uh, shock resistant suit when you put up your Christmas lights, and he says, well actually that is what I'm doing, and he explains about the 700 watt light bulbs. Yeah, they bring out a generator so that they can flip this thing on. Uh, you want to plug that in for me, Al? <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. We got one of those for the first time. Well, we got it in the outtake recently, yeah. but it doesn't. It's been a while. It's gone the way of the grunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we honestly, we get more grunts than I don't think so, Tim's. And for a while there, I don't think so, Tim, was in like every episode. My brain wheels are spinning. What? Okay. <laughs> We've seen the grunt creep. Creeping. Mm-hmm. Being a little creep. Looking a little bit like a, a jewel thief. Yeah. We've seen a decrease in grunts over the last season or two. Yeah. Is this, is this, is the grunt creep the Grinch? The grunt Grinch? <laughs> but instead of presents and Christmas... He's stealing grunts. Oh, okay, okay. What's he doing with them? Hmm. Yeah, is, a good he, question. is he like? Is, does he eat know. them? We, does we, the grunt creep? Is, is the grunt creep like the Noid? 
Like like the Noid ruins pizzas and the Grunt Creep ruins grunts. Because he has a lot of Noidish qualities. You know, they made a, a Nintendo game on the Noid. Oh, I remember. Now I want a Nintendo game on the Home Improvement logo. <laughs> well, we've already got a Home Improvement Nintendo game. I know, so we're, I know. we're pretty close. I keep my back to it every day to avoid the guilt that we haven't done that episode yet. I Well, all three, all three of the, the cast members on the cover of it are glaring at you. So. Three? Uh, yeah, Tim, Jill, and it looks like one of the Is boys. Is Jill on there? Maybe. Now you're looking at it. I don't know, man. My eyesight isn't this? so good. No, not that. The Nintendo cartridge. I know what Nintendo <laughs> is, Landon. Can, wait, okay, before I bring this over, tell me who's on the cover one more time. Uh, Tim, Jill, and one of the boys. <laughs> okay. We've got Tim and L and a bunch of extension cord. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, guys. A, this is absolutely terrible radio right now, and I'm sorry you're listening to us going through this. B... At a distance, this looked which, like three people. Which, which part did you think looked like Jill? Uh, well, I was assuming that the per- I was assuming- Was it Al or was it the bundle of <laughs> extension cords? The, okay, now listen, guys. Listen. First, look up a picture of the of the Home Improvement Super Nintendo game online so you know what know what we're talking about. I think it was it was a matter of, I recognized him, yeah. and the bundle of extension cords I figured was one of the boys, and so then from the positioning of who I now know as Al, I figured it was Tim and, and someone else- both holding one of the boys. So it would have to be context clues. It would have to be Jill. Um, Jill with a beard. I, qu- I can't see the fucking <laughs> okay, beard, Okay, okay, all right. Come on, I'm not... I don't, have, I don't have telescope eyes. Jill and flannel. Yeah. That's fine. I can't even see the flannel, man. Oh, uh, and back into the tool time corner well, it goes. Well, well, now it, well, now I know what it looks like at a distance. <laughs> but, you know, you come sit on my side. Landon, you've never sat on my side of the table. You've never it's had true. to look at tool time we'll corner. You to, don't know my experience. That'll just be our, our April Fool's episode this year is we'll just switch positions and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a really disjointed episode with lots of little weird cul-de-sacs that go nowhere. Oh, man, that would be different. Yes. Um, we're not even done with this scene yet. They yeah. turn the lights up. They <laughs> excuse me. Yes, burp came out of nowhere. Came it came out of you, I think. Oh. <laughs> well, I have a little guy inside me that, that a little burp elf. So yeah, they turn on the <laughs> generator. Uh, they plug that in, and uh, the uh, the lights uh, go on, and they are so bright that they flare out the camera. And Tim and Al are both blinded by it. And then when they finally cut the lights. Uh, Tim stumbles over to a reindeer and is like, oh, man, maybe that was too bright, Al. And Al's talking to a snowman and says, yeah, Tim, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, and then the snowman melts. Yeah. Uh, as or just transition. face plants. I don't know. <laughs> no, his nose literally like. Oh, I guess, yeah, it does slip off. Boop. Yeah. Uh, and that's our transition into the theme song. Thumpity thump thump indeed. Here's what I want to do with the theme song. What do you want to do giving us a little task. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what we'll do with this, if it'll be part of a main episode, if it won't be anything at all. You know those uh, bad lip sync videos? Yes. I often do to sports and to politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to do something similar where we give screen direction to the actors on the screen. There, This was sparked by seeing Wilson and his, uh, you know, having to look at Tim and yeah. then what he's doing with the remote control and the reaction he gives. I just want to try to guess what... What, what the, the AD was yelling at them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Jill, you're picking up laundry now, and it is all going in that cartoon washing machine. All right, Tim, flap your arms. No, a little outward. Don't look like a T-Rex. Nope, nope. Yeah, yeah. Tim, okay, now now it's like you're doing chin-ups on a, on a bar. Okay, great. Wilson, picture, if you will, a, uh, a large vehicle with a steamroller on the front of it that has crashed through your fence and is rolling through the backyard. 
<laughs> nope, that's too big of a reaction. We need it smaller. Yeah. Remember, you can't use the bottom half of your face. you got to sell this with your eyes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the theme song takes us to the backyard where uh, Tim, Mark, and Randy are bringing out oversized Christmas decorations for the light show. Yeah, and th- this this backyard is full. Like, there are donkeys. There are candy canes. They are... They're talking of it, you know, and also the, the backyard is blanketed in snow, which is a nice little touch, I'd yep. say. More convincing snow than we've seen on this show in the past. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and Tim is explaining to the boys that they that he needs their help uh, to go up against Doc Johnson in the uh, in the Christmas lighting contest. Yeah. Again, surprised that Doc Johnson, who Randy mentions is now 80 years old, a shock that this guy is still such a force to be reckoned with. Like, unless he's just like like drawing up the blueprints and then other people are putting things that's up. what i'm thinking like you know we don't know anything about his operation maybe he's the supervisor he's the the person that develops this whole scheme you know and then has somebody else because i would imagine that frank lloyd wright didn't nail all the boards together himself uh, well he was a micromanager but maybe <laughs> maybe not that much i mean and also santa doesn't make all the toys i mean it's the elves maybe yeah. maybe um, uh, doc johnson has uh, his own little uh, little helpers do you think santa has a secret portal in that bag and that the elves are making the toys right down to the last second so whenever he reaches into the bag he can pull out the toy hot off the press it's just an infinite bag of holding uh <laughs> yeah yeah sure and the, there's like just a conveyor belt at the north pole of the the elves pushing all the toys into this portal that ends up in his bag so the so the elves have some kind of auto updating list of by priority like oh shit he's in sheboygan wisconsin yes. right now what do the kids there want oh hurry 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 <laughs> we didn't have these done um a word on elves briefly that is not related to this this is something i observed during the holidays and haven't yet mentioned if I see one more goddamn movie that depicts the elves as a highly disciplined military unit, I'm going to shit. <laughs> I'm just going to shit myself. Because well, they do I... it in every fucking movie. Like, oh, this is a little bit wild. What if we make it like the elves are like the Navy SEALs or something? And they're like, really a crack team? Like, yeah, guys, we yeah, the joke has been told for about 30 years. I hate to tell you this, but we have the Santa Claus 2 and 3 to watch. Oh, God. And the Santa Claus 1 already had, like, at least the Santa Claus 1 was, like, one of the first ones to do that. But there's mm. been Fred Claus does that, and Arthur Christmas does that, and just, like, all of these do it. Uh, that's three examples. Yeah, that's a lot. Three is a crowd. Like the spinoff sure, of Three's Company. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. They need to open a bistro instead of a military unit. Now, elves running a bistro, they would serve a lot of reindeer. Uh, hey, oh, wow. That's a weird dynamic at the North Pole. I mean, these, those were, I mean, they've what, got to Where have... does that hatred come from? Is it is it like a, we're upset that you chose them to lead your sleigh instead of us? Yeah, well, honestly, the elves are the labor force. And as we all know, all wealth is generated by labor. And the thing is, the the elves work all year, presumably, to make all this stuff. Yeah. And yet, what is the Christmas song about? Oh, it's about the reindeer. Hmm. What are the kids I want to pet? The reindeer. There are no songs about elves. Why not, I man? I don't know. There's a movie about elves, admittedly, <laughs> which is, is great. Yeah. But even then, it's about a human elf and not an elf elf. Right. Um, yeah, but no, I think that the elves kind of get short, short shrift. I also think we need a, a, a movie about elves, not about someone amongst elves. We need a movie about elves that is not about the elves as a, uh, as a highly, uh, highly uh, trained crack military unit. We need a movie about elves forming a union. We need like, <laughs> a, like elf organizers you know elf bernie sanders etc like the irishman but with elves yeah and the elfishman <laughs> the elvishman we paint houses uh red and green yeah yeah <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so anyway, welcome back to Christmas Work, uh, <laughs> well, the this, podcast about Christmas. what this episode's about. Yeah, certainly. Um, anyway, uh, Randy is giving Tim shit about uh, the decorations in Doc Brown, and... Uh, uh, it's, it's not... Do we know? It's not... Well, I mean... Do you know his first name? Yeah, but Doc Brown's first name is Emmett. No, I'm saying we don't know Doc Johnson's first name. Okay, it could fair. be Brown Johnson. <laughs> well, he was a proctologist. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, did I do something that made you uncomfortable on this podcast, Landon? Gosh, it would be a shame if someone were to intentionally make someone else uncomfortable. So, the boys are helping Tim set up the lights. Uh, Brad comes out wearing one of the safety suits. Tim is explaining that he need. It's a solo podcast now. Landon has lost it already. Uh, Tim is explaining that he needs the boys' help because he has to travel on this day and he needs the boys to do all the all the setup and wiring and things like that. Well, only Brad can do the electricity. Because he's the only one he can fit into the flash suit. Uh, well, that and that he's the only person that he trained to do electricity work. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he anointed him but, with motor yeah, oil. Both. To do the, yeah, yeah. Both, <laughs> right, yeah. I forgot about things. that, too. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, he says that he'll be home before dinner uh, as Jill comes out to ask what's going on. And... Um, yeah, he's just waiting on Al to arrive so that they can go to the airport and head off to the Spinford event. Yes, uh, it is. They're going to uh, Winterfest in Kinross, and Jill, not happy about this. I don't even... Kinross? I thought that was what it was called. I don't know. Is that a city in Michigan? Well, Landon, one of us is from Michigan, and oh. one of us has never been there. Oh, wait. Yeah, it's in Chippewa County. Oh, yeah, Chippewa. That's where uh, Freaks and Geeks is set. Truman dropping all the Michigan knowledge where today. the heck? Uh... Oh my God, that's in the UP. Oh wow, really? Yeah. What a hell! What a place to fly to no, on Christmas didn't know Eve. Know about it? But I mean, that's like it is right on the Canadian border. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there's a there's a Canada ad up in in that airport that they're stuck in. Oh, I've been to Sault Ste. Marie though. Oh okay. So tell tell us more, Landon, about places in the Upper Peninsula that you've been. <laughs> that's that is it, Mackinac Island, which I don't know is technically it's an island. Uh, I don't know if it's part of the UP or not. Um, I don't know. I'm not from northern Michigan, so I don't know. This episode brought to you by the Michigan Board of Tourism. Visit <laughs> Michigan. We might not vote for Trump this time. Uh, so the uh, so Jill is upset with Tim that he's flying on Christmas Eve. She wants him to stay home with the family, and he's explaining, no, it'll just be, I'll go there, I'll be back in time for dinner. You know, this is a Binford event, and Al and, Al and I need to be there. It's for work. And she says, you're the grand marshal of an elf parade. Okay, I'm on Jill's side now, because I'm just looking. The population of Kinross Charter Township... Uh, is actually only 7,561 as of 2010. But uh, how many of those are elves? In 2000, it was only 5,900. So to give up your Christmas Eve to lead a parade of, uh, what would you say a fraction of a population are elves? Uh, I don't know. Probably, I mean, probably less than 5%. Okay. I mean, Michigan we, isn't known for diversity. At least the UP isn't known for diversity. Say what you will about the Detroit area. So if we, let's go to a more even number than that because I can't do that good of math to do five percent so one percent mm -hmm. are elves that would only be uh about five fifty people okay but as tim says even little green people need a leader hmm hmm okay so there's that i mean there's, that. So even if there's only 50 of them <laughs> i mean it's about the community it's about solidarity okay I have other questions about Kinross that will come up later in the episode if okay. we ever progress in this episode. I don't know that we will. Uh, but but, but Tim, I've got I've got the answers. Should you have them? Oh, very good. Tim also says it says to her at one point, "I'll be home before you know. I'll be I'll be home before nightfall because I'm not going to the pointy shoe dinner." 
<laughs> which uh, which sounds amazing. I don't know if they're eating pointy shoes or just everyone has to wear pointy shoes. <laughs> I really am upset that Tim and Al never make it to this. I know. Because the idea of Tim Allen hanging out with a bunch of elves, where else are you going to see that? Literally no film franchise <laughs> gives you that. That's honestly, that's probably why they couldn't have them get there. It would be too close. Yeah, right. Uh, then, uh, there's no ding-dong, but Alan and Eileen uh, arrive. Giddy-up! They just burst through the door. <laughs> they do. Kramer their way in. And, uh, Eileen is going, uh, off excitedly that she has all of her ingredients for her, uh, Pfeffernus cookies. Yeah. Did not know what these were before we started. Yes. And I was, uh, just telling you before we recorded that... If nothing, this podcast has taught me a lot of trivial things in life. Yeah. Uh, one of them being, I need to try a fucking Pfeffernus cookie. What's it, What's in it? Tell me. Maybe you want I'll me to go through the list yeah. of ingredients? Wait, this doesn't have meringue in it, though. Uh, does not have meringue. Oh, no, God, no. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Okay, that, so that I'd have to eat it for you and describe it. You've got molasses. Mm-hmm. you got honey. Mm-hmm. All right. You've got nutmeg. Oh, good God. Ginger. Cinnamon. Uh, some black pepper. Oh, that that's got to be an interesting flavor profile. Indeed, uh, the typical you know flour, uh, uh, eggs, yeah. butter, all, all and that stuff. shit. Yeah, <laughs> brown sugar, cardamom. Oh my god, I'm getting diabetes thinking about this. <laughs> and then one cup of confectioner sugar for dusting. Jesus, that's a lot of sugar. Well, I mean, I guess probably every cookie I like has lots of sugar in it. Yes, uh, it sounds real good. I mean, they look all powdery and uh, and very nice. And and yeah. they're what German or something? Uh, well, Pfeffernus, I would say so. It starts. It's Spelled P F E F F E R N U S S E. Okay, okay. Wow. So you're more German than I am. I don't. Is that a German word? Well, I don't know. I mean, just because just because Finland is in the basic neighborhood of Northern Europe doesn't mean I'm more German than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, fuck it. It's it either sounds it sounds either German or Swedish. So who knows? Yeah, either way. Uh, I I want to ginger cookies are my favorite cookies. So, oh well, there you uh, go. Yeah, this seems like a ginger cookie with a little bit of pepper in it. Yeah, yeah I know that it, little explosive. Uh, uh, insides. Yeah, expl- explosive I mean, insides. not my insides. The explosion in your mouth of flavors and the tastes. Explosions in your mouth. Uh, yeah, it's you know they they look good when she's eating them later. Uh, even with the tears. Yeah, even yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know, salt winds up being an ingredient in these two because of all the crying. <laughs> salt uh, and pepper. Yes. Push it real good. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so Ellen and Eileen arrive. Yeah. Uh, Eileen is unpacking all of her things, and is uh, as they're doing this, Al gets a message on his beeper, and he says, "Oh, I wonder who that could be." And Tim and Jill and Eileen all say, "Your mother," and he's, "Oh, yeah, it's mom." Everyone in unison. Uh, and then as Al is uh, kind of looking at his beeper and talking, uh, Eileen takes Jill to the side and starts talking about her dismay over uh, their New Year's plans and how uh, she's just fed up with Al's mom intruding she, on this romantic night. Yeah, like Al's mom has beeped him four times already. And she's just saying, like, this is the first year we're, we're going to be on our own for New Year's. Al booked us this romantic night at this yeah. hotel. And then right as she says this, Al is on the phone with his mom saying, oh, you're going to be in town. You're getting home early. You're going to be in town for New Year's. No, we're not doing anything. Hang out with us. <laughs> and uh, this this does not go over well with Eileen. This goes over about as well as a lead pfeffer news. <laughs> uh, or Al's mom. Uh, wow. Everybody's <laughs> in on the game now. Everybody. Well, that's my note here is that there are a lot of Al's mom jokes and they are coming rapidly from everybody as soon as as soon as it expands to beyond tim now it's like well i guess everyone can do it now yeah, if jill is making not, the jokes not uh, the biggest fan of it yeah 
this is a yeah it's it's a black mark on jill's soul like <laughs> like the eileen is upset at al and alan said so what do you, you know it's it's my mother what do, you, what do you want me to do and so jill and jill pulls tim aside so they can uh, they can give them some space to argue and <clears throat> eileen saying something about how you, you just put her you put her up on this pedestal and and you get jill saying something like wow i'm surprised you had the strength to hoist her up there <laughs> and then and then tim comes over and just looks at her really close and she says oh my god i'm becoming you Kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, is what Tim says. Yeah. Then we get the hoisting crane uh, lifting the scene out of our face, uh, and we go to the next scene, which yes. is on uh, an airplane set. It's a huge airplane. If, <laughs> if It looks like the space shuttle from 2001. I was expecting yeah. to see a pen floating across the screen at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's been jogging in a circular <laughs> circular thing. It is, it is so big. If airplanes had, like, the aisle... On this plane is large enough to drive a car through. <laughs> if planes were yeah. this big, I would fly all the time just for relaxation uh, purposes. Yeah. And if they served you martinis and didn't ask <laughs> you for money, uh. Uh, they are. So Tim is just suffering here because Al yeah. is going on and on and on about uh, Eileen, mother, Eileen, mother, Eileen, I mother. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Eileen should be mad. You know, mother. You know, mother's so important to me, and uh, you know. Yeah. But on the other mother. hand, yeah, I like you know Eileen might have a you know blah blah blah. Yeah, and he keeps going back and forth on uh, the other hand, the other hand, the other hand. Yeah, and uh, and and in the middle of this, the uh, the flight attendant comes by and gives Al a thing of ginger ale and gives Tim a martini with extra olives on the side, which he then sticks the olives on their skewers into his ears. Uh, much better than eating an olive, though, if you ask uh, me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, uh, but there you go. I don't. I. I freak out a little bit at the, oh, thought the pointy of putting a toothpick anywhere near my eardrum excuse yeah, me yeah tim would never do something that endangers his personal <laughs> safety <laughs> just another uh big chasm between tim and myself yes uh, uh, well and also as when tim gets the martini he thanks the the flight attendant i think he fl- thanks her by name he's like thank you sharon or something like that who so is he the kind of dad who like looks at the name tag and immediately <laughs> says the waiter's name and says their name a lot? Or... Certainly doesn't seem like we have any evidence of that before now. The question is, does he do that only when he's on business trips away from home? Mm. And then I've got questions for him. But uh, let's go into a very quick character actor corner because it's a very quick appearance of this character actor. Sure. Uh, we don't actually get the name of her, so she's just credited as flight attendant, so even if he does use her name... Yeah, I mean, he kind of mutters it. I didn't really hear. Uh, this is Marcy Goldman. She has 95 credits, including Star Trek Generations. Oh, shit. That's one of the movies. Yes. 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 <laughs> is, she a, is she a flight attendant in that, too? Uh, she is an El Arian survivor. Oh. Uh, I've seen the movie a couple times. I do not remember... The LRNs or the survivors. Or the, what they're surviving, yes. Uh, but she's also, she seems to be in with the Zucker brothers because she was in Naked Gun, 33 and a third, and oh. Airplane. Oh, wow. Um, well, they're typecast as uh, someone in Airplane movies. <laughs> uh, she also plays a lot of moms. Well, we, you know, we, actresses of a certain age get, get into that. Yeah. Um, oh, she actually was also in the Kentucky Fried movie, so she must, oh, like, she must really know them. Yeah. <laughs> she was in Suburban Commando. <laughs> as lady oh boy <laughs> um monkey trouble that was monkey a, trouble that's a, that's a monkey movie that well like is it one of those movies where monkeys play all the roles or there's just a monkey it's just a monkey i'm trying to remember does the monkey I think cause Thora trouble birch is mm-hmm. in that one yeah uh, i don't know there was this weird stretch from like 94 to 97 where we just had an influx of monkey movies 
And then I feel like there was a gap, and then a couple, like, in the late 90s, like, TBS, the Superstation, they had interstitial bits, like, where it was monkeys acting out scenes from big movies with people oh, dubbing yeah. into voices. And then that was popular, so they were like, you know what, this definitely has legs to be an entire series. <laughs> so there were, like, three episodes of a... 30 Rock type, a proto 30 Rock type show about a TV network run entirely by monkeys that apparently had legendary amounts of animal abuse on set. So, Ooh, yeah, okay. sorry, that, that makes this less fun. Yes, it does. Uh, but no, monkeys were big in the 90s. Um, and the monkeys were big in the 60s. That's so Raven. Scrubs. Yeah. Uh, Will and Grace. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, NBC movies here, or uh, shows. Yeah. Uh, Arrested Development. Wait, who'd she play? She played a character named Fran on the episode, uh, Not a Pussy. Ah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, shit. Okay. That might have been, uh, that might be the waitress at the, at the, uh, American, uh, restaurant they go to. I don't know. Interesting. Cool. Okay. Uh, most recently on Teen Wolf and, uh, nothing else that I personally recognize, but maybe others do. Oh, she was on a episode of Insecure in 2017. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Was she on ER? I'm going to say no. You are correct. Oh, thank God. She okay. was not on ER. It just didn't It didn't feel right. You know, Scrubs was a red herring, but I think, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm no Superman, but I can tell sometimes when someone wasn't on ER. She was on Chuck. Oh, okay. Interesting. And the husband. That's actually. I'm, I lied. I'm sure that's not interesting. I'm sure lots of people were on Chuck. I don't give a shit that she was on Chuck. The other <laughs> stuff is interesting, but that that Chuck stuff can just just get the hell out of here. She was on My Name Is Earl as Athletic Nun. Oh, okay. I probably saw that episode. I liked that show in its day. Uh, this woman had one line, and we gave her a good five minutes. So, back to the episode. Back to the episode. Um, <laughs> so they are. Um, so Tim is, uh, you know, Tim and Tim is not really excited to be helping his friend yeah. with his problems. Why would he be? He's banging his head against the window. There's one line I want to point out of mm-hmm. Al's where he's talking about um, trying to justify having mother mm-hmm. uh, for this New Year's Eve celebration, yeah. and he goes, "You know, after a couple of Rob Roy's, mother can be quite the party animal." <laughs> and I just Rob Roy is such a specific. <laughs> choice of drink that, that that's like that's a, the sort of writing joke that i love that, that, like because that's like a shirley temple like it's not an alcoholic drink right it's just like I some club soda and like simple syrup I, or something it would make sense that it's non-alcoholic but i i yeah. don't know what a rob roy is i don't i don't know either i think i used to or when i was a kid there was a fancy steakhouse we'd go to with my grandparents and i would order a rob roy there but i don't i don't know what would was Liam in neeson it. deliver it to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure because he was in a movie called rob roy but the national lampoons rob roy what wasn't that what it was? No. Not good content. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I, I do not know what that is. I want to see National Lampoon's version of this Irish uh, patriot uh, oh. fighting. I don't, I don't know anything about Rob Roy. I just know the trailer from the movie from a million years ago. Okay. You watched more trailers a million years ago than I did. <laughs> but I know it's like an uber serious movie. I think I got Rob Roy and Van Wilder mixed up. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, the revolutionaries. No, I, I, but in the, but in their own way, they both changed the world. Um, so anyway, uh, Al mentions to Tim in the process yeah. of this that he got Eileen this uh, a, a gift that was basically made had her a necklace made for her out of coins she had left over from a dental conference she went to in Oslo. Tim criticizes this gift, saying that it's you know oh you're getting her like loose change from a bloody gum con- conference, and it's like 
Well, Tim, maybe he's getting her a gift that he knows will be personally significant to her. Yeah, and he says as much. Yeah. Uh, but then, then yeah, Al retorts that you probably don't even have a gift for Jill. And Tim explains, you know, that that our contraire friend, like, why, uh, why did I volunteer to lead an elf parade in Kinross? And Al says, the same reason I did, the prestige. <laughs> uh, but no, it's... Great line. The, yeah, no. Like, again, the elf parade is just this this carrot dangling in front of me that I didn't get to eat. Because <laughs> you know how much I love carrots. Um, but it, it turns out, Tim explains that he... The real reason he wants to go to Kinross is because that's where Jill's gift is. I guess Kinross, this town of... 5,000 people in the Upper Peninsula right by mm-hmm. the Canadian border has Michigan's best specialty bookstore, and he's got Within a, a total area of 120 square miles. Good Lord, really? Yeah. that That's how big the town is? Yep. Wow. feel like that's a lot of wasted space. It's 1.2 miles of land, and 1% is water. Oh. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, we, you know, for how much water... I mean, I guess it makes <laughs> sense there's not that much water, because that is a dry fact. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said that completely wrong. square miles is land. I was Ah. like, what's the rest if it's not land or water? Uh, It's Um, elves. Yeah. (laughs) At 1.2 miles of water. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad we settled that. Yes. Uh, But he's got a first edition of a Sigmund Freud book about psychology waiting there that he's going to get for her. And I I was kind of flattened by that. Like, wow, Tim, that's... That's a dope-ass gift, especially before the internet to source all that. That's really good. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess they were going to send it to him. It didn't get there in time. So Tim did the normal thing, which is uh, volunteer to MC an elf parade in a rural town so you can fly there on the night before Christmas to get the gift. Uh, I am on the Kinross Charter Township website. Um, do you want to enroll for the January 25th to 26th uh, sled dog race? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, put me down. Put me down. <laughs> Can we okay. can we have one sled and a poodle like uh, like they get offered in a few scenes from now? This website is made almost exclusively out of uh, papyrus and Comic Sans font. <laughs> wow, they really on they... a tan background. Oh my god, Kinross! Like maybe this is, is made by the elves. Sorry for the microphone. Oh oh yeah, wow, <laughs> guys. Uh, well, what's the, what's the web address here? It's uh, Kinross Township dash like the minus sign. Uh, mi.gov. Yeah, every, everybody do yourself a favor and go look at the Kinross High School HTML Club's uh, final project for the year. It's uh, <laughs> it's really beautiful. <laughs> you can also pay your water bill uh, directly on their website. Hey, let's just let's just pay every let's use the Patreon funds to pay everybody in town's water bill. Let's just pay it forward because we're dunking on Kinross so much. <laughs> I have nothing against the town, just their website. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's that's the face that they put forward. I mean, if you get to the town, all of the street signs are in Papyrus or Comic Sans. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, but anyway, so Tim's whole plan is to go and get this great gift for her. But yes. then, alas, right as he said this, uh, there is an announcement on the PA that there's a horrible snowstorm in Kinross, and their flight is being diverted to another town I didn't write down the name of. Alpine. Alpine. Oh, Which, so you had one town, right? You remember back in the day, it was one of the first regional um, affiliates that they were branching out to. Oh. I don't remember that, but I, I don't imagine you'd lie about it. I think it was season one or two, yeah. Yeah, wow, okay. 
Um, well, then, so I'm, I'm surprised they don't get a warmer reception at the <laughs> tiny... Uh, or that no one recognizes them. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess that would also be it. The, the one guy working at the airport doesn't Also, why isn't them. Bud going on this thing as well? Yeah, actually, that would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, well, Bud probably has Christmas stuff to do. Yeah. He, lear- he learned from that other guy who has <laughs> sex with his wife five nights a week that you have to put the family first. Uh, we get a plane transition as it uh, grounds itself into the ground to the next scene i guess into the earth uh <laughs> to the terminal where tim and al are stepping off the jetway uh nope the 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 decamin decam <laughs> landon oh my god dude i was i was gonna let you twist in the wind but you're twisting too hard they they walk in from from like presumably the disembarkation point or whatever like i don't know if there's a jetway at the you, you you come up with the name for that tunnel that people come out of the plane of... I mean, that's the jetway. That's the jetway? That's the jetway. Oh, I thought the jetway was the thing that leads to the tarmac. The thi- the. I mean, like, so you've got concrete. I thought yeah. the tarmac was specifically the runways. Yeah. No, the tarmac is... Well, I mean, the runway... I, I, look, we could get into the finer points of airport or nomenclature the, the, all the day. The tarmac but... are, the like, the roads that lead to the runway so you could take off. I think... I think I think actually I think technically all of that is called the apron and the runway is a different thing. Your tarmac is a tarmac is a name for the I think for the material that they use on it. Flight attendants and pilots, please write in and let us know. Airport enthusiasts, <laughs> let us know. Um, but it's it is a tiny little terminal. Tim and Al walk past pretty much the one desk in the room and then come back and look around realizing that this is the whole airport this is all they've got <laughs> and uh sitting behind the counter is the funniest part of the episode a uh a a uh, deadpan guy who um loves to he, he he's a early version of that doctor on arrested development who always says just enough information to give people the wrong impression about what's going on <laughs> Uh, and this is a character actor ma- named Tom Poston, uh, very well known. Yeah. He, have, did you recognize him at all? He looked familiar to you me. You might not have been able to pick out what you know him from, but yeah, he have, the, like, that face. It, it, I've, I've definitely seen this guy on TV shows. There's a, a guy who plays, uh, played a lot of fathers in mm-hmm. Disney movies yeah. back in my, my child, like the 80s, yeah. that, uh, feels very akin to this, where it's just like, I can't quite pinpoint where I know you from, but I've seen you in so many things throughout my life. This guy is definitely of that kin as well. Um, but people know him mostly from Newhart. Oh, shit. Um, where he played George Utley. Okay. Uh, that was, you know, he played the entire series of that, so mm-hmm. that was one of his most famous roles. Nice. Uh, I think he is one of the best deadpan actors around going, you know, way back. He has... 107 credits. Oh, that's pretty good. Going to the 50s, yeah. And he died, unfortunately, in 2007. Okay. Um, so, after ER concluded its run. That's true. Okay. Uh, Rest in peace. He, uh, as I said, is one of the funniest uh, deadpan actors around. Unfortunately, he's also in one of the most unwatchable movies I've ever seen, which is the 1963 remake of The Old Dark House. Oh, uh, which they decided, William Castle, I don't know why he decided to go the comedy route after <laughs> uh, his gimmicky route, but man, it's unwatchable. I could not get through it. Uh, he's also known for Mork and Mindy, oh. uh, where he played Mr. Bickley for three years, and reunited with Tim Allen oh. in Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, okay. Another Tim Allen Christmas movie. Well, there are a whole lot of them, so yeah, get, get yeah. used to that. Yeah. Uh, his, in fact, that's one of his last credits. He was on Committed. Um, in 2005, he was in The Princess Diaries 2. Oh. Beethoven's 5th. Oh. 8, Simple Rules. <laughs> that 
70s show. <laughs> Liberty Kids established 1776. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Becker. Okay. okay. You know that you are never excited about that yeah, show. Yeah, no, no no one's been excited about Becker. I'm, I would be more excited if there was a number involved in there somehow. How about Dharma and Greg? We haven't had one of those oh, okay, yet. Okay, okay. Uh, Just Shoot Me. I mean, Grace Under Fire. Uh, don't... Okay, I'm not going to ruin that surprise. Um, Was he on Cheers? Was he on Frasier? He... I'm just going to have to do it like this. Uh, Was not on Frasier. Oh. Was not on Cheers. Oh, well, fuck it. Who cares then? Oh, God. Okay, well, uh, you know, I do and our listeners care whether or not he was on ER. Yes. And I'm going to say... Oh, wow. That he was. Oh, I thought yes was your answer. Yes. He was. Yes. Okay. Yes, your, the, the answer Your delivery is yes. of that was very confusing, uh, but you are correct. Oh, holy shit. So you're forgiven. I get it. He was on two episodes of ER in 2001 playing the character Earl. Nice. His name is Earl. <laughs> His it, name is Earl. It all comes full <laughs> circle. Um, I feel, so if there's no more character actors, we get the Chalupas today. There are uh, two more character actors. God fucking damn it. We're never getting these Chalupas. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that was Tom Poston. Um, I like him a lot. I and like him a lot, Just too. like you said, I think he is the best part of this episode. There, there are, like, his bits in this episode, like, I think I've talked before about how the show has gotten very good at running gags, yeah. and this is the best series of running gags in, in a while. <laughs> uh, so, so they walk into the terminal, and they say, uh, you know, they, they, they ask, well, where's the, where's the main, you know, where's the ticketing center, or where's the ticketing <laughs> counter? And he yeah. says, oh, if you take two large steps, you'll be there. So they take two large steps, and they're standing right in front of him. This is already a great little physical comedy bit. Yeah, and he's got this sign up on the, on the desk that says, uh, or on the counter that says ticketing counter or whatever. It really, that moment, even though it was so kind of throwaway, felt very akin to, like, the uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy stuff where they're constantly at each other yeah much like tim and al yeah at least tim's at al uh but every once in a while you'd find these little moments where they have to work together and yeah. they are both kind of clueless towards something yeah yeah uh, i don't know it just felt very classical to me I, I would like to see a kind of the road to wherever movie <laughs> with just tim and al in it on the road trying yeah. to do stuff uh but so they you know they're they're asking him you know what you know when's the next flight or something like that to kinross and oh no everything's uh Everything is closed down. I mean, he has this yeah. great way of telling it. I wasn't able to write down a lot of his lines because mm-hmm. stuff was coming so fast. But he pretty much deadpans them that there's nothing, nothing available, and they yep. go, uh, "Okay, well, where's the, uh, you know, where's can we rent a car? Where's the car rental counter?" And he says, "Just a moment." And he picks up another sign that says "car rental" and sets it down <laughs> in, in place of the other sign. Yeah, and a great little sight gag. Yes, that that does continue. Uh, and he, he says, yeah, so we've got a, we've got a special on uh, convertibles. And they said, well, it's four degrees. And he says, well, I, then I suggest keeping the top up. <laughs> uh, and But then he's already to rent them a car, but then he mentions that all the roads are closed. And yeah. they say, well, then why, why are we, you know, then why would we rent a car? And he says, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> he almost has, almost has Wilson energy. Well, and, and there's a connection there, too. What? I, well, Wilson in a, in a later scene, so, you know, when he oh, hears Oh, you're that, right, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll get there. Uh but uh, yeah, so they, so they're there, and then and then you know Tim and Tim and Al are grousing about this situation, and Tim's like, I'm never going to be able to get Jill or a book. I mean, maybe there's a bookstore here, and so he goes up and asks, "Is there anywhere I can buy a book?" And he says, "Yeah, you can check the gift shop." Okay, where is that? And he pulls a pulls just, a, he, this time oh, he yeah. just flips the sign around. Yeah, it's on the gift. opposite side of a car rental. It says gift shop. 
yeah, that was uh, that was also funny. Like just the amount of mileage yeah. they get out of these signs. <laughs> and then he goes, "Okay, I'd like to buy a book." He's like, "Well, I'm sorry, but we're closed for the season." <laughs> And this also has very planes, trains, and automobiles energy. Oh, yeah. This whole episode feels very... It's just kind of like planes, planes, and potentially an automobile, but not... I would have loved to see Tim just lose his mind. Or Actually, it would be funnier if it was Al. Yes. Just going, I gotta fucking get back to yeah. fucking Detroit, Michigan. To <laughs> fix things up with my fucking girlfriend. And my fucking mom. <laughs> Four fucking wheels in a seat. Um... <laughs> So they they then call home where Jill is not having a good time, and no. she is not happy to hear that Tim may not be able to make it home for Christmas. This indeed will be the first Christmas Eve Tim may have ever missed. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I'm going to have to break it to the boys, and she calls the boys in to, uh, to tell them that Tim's not going to be home for the holidays, and they're like, Cool. Yeah, because they're they're all like, super excited. Like, yeah. well, what kind of reaction is that? And they're like, "Well, we're excited to put up the decorations ourselves." Yeah, yeah. Which I, hey, man, I'm I'm all for them. Again, a, there's I feel like there's a great boys episode happening outside that we're not seeing. Like they're, I know, they're I having know. these great experiences. Although they did that to us in the first couple seasons with them out, uh, you know, doing Blade Warriors oh, and having their yeah. Uh, yeah. misadventures around the neighborhood and yeah, getting in trouble. With stinky, yeah, <laughs> stinky, yeah, yeah, right. Um. So, uh, yeah, so then Al, then Al asks Tim to put uh, Eileen on the phone so we can talk to her. Al picks up the phone and goes, hello, Sugar Pumpkin, is that you? <laughs> and we cut to Randy holding the phone and says, no, Sugar Pumpkin, but I'm giving it to her right now. <laughs> One of the best lines from Randy that I've seen in a while. Yes. Uh, so funny. Yes. That uh, the inertia. Oh, no. From his delivery. Yeah. Sends us careening. Without the trolley. What? What? If we're just skidding through the snow now? <laughs> skidding through the snow, uh, through the Tunnel of Love to JTT Junction. The Tunnel of Loving JTT. <laughs> uh, I guess not toot toot, but just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. The, the tracks of iced up. <laughs> we uh, are doing our segment called JTT Junction, where we are reading excerpts from the totally unauthorized biography of... Totally JTT. Yeah. By uh, pseudonym, non diplume, Michael Ann Johns. Yes. Uh, do you remember what we talked about last week? Let's see. Last week, uh, 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 Teasus was living with his mom in an apartment complex in LA. With where, the other kids. With the other kids, yeah. And they've been set up there by an agent. Yep. And the kids, they've all got a little, uh, nice little mutually affirming community where they yep. loan each other clothes and little put on clothes. plays little, little plays little clothes little plays little women <laughs> uh and um yeah and i think that's really that's really it though right i mean it's just kind of them living there and getting established was there some other big detail i missed from from last week? um no that was pretty much it uh he saw a whole new world and knew that he truly belonged there that was the last thing that we said so yeah um, they're kind of feeling uh feeling the roots setting in la yeah and, and so tell me, do those roots find uh, good soil? Let us find out in this week's edition of JTT Junction, where we read keep, Totally keep, keep JTT yeah. uh, by Michael Johns. You're saving it. You're saving it. <laughs> Chapter 2, Part 8. Plane landed perfectly. If you're following along, we're on page 17. Uh, <laughs> we're so, uh, snail's pace. <laughs> we're within... Oh, God, okay. We're, I lost my spot already. <laughs> Landon. Landon. You call this a junction. I call it an injunction. Um, did that make sense? Uh, I'll, I'll talk to my lawyer and see. <laughs> okay, great. 
<laughs> Within two weeks of arriving in Los Angeles, he, and he means uh, JTT. Yeah, he capitalized, of course. <laughs> uh, landed his first national commercial. Damn, that's actually really good. In at least one way, it really tested Jonathan's acting ability. The commercial was for a giant fast food chain. You may have heard of it. It Burger King. Oh, I, I was thinking it was a fast food chain for giants. Uh, I read it wrong, and I put my own little flair <laughs> on that sentence. Um, uh, so for a giant, uh, the giant fast food chain Burger King, and by that time, if our listeners will remember, Jonathan was a vegetarian. Oh, right. And hadn't eaten red meat in three years. Yet, the budding professional did more than a convincing job of making the burgers look appetizing. Yep. Did he make them look appetizing, or did the production crew who sprays them with, uh, you know, that kind of... Yeah, the gloss the and gloss, everything. Yeah, yeah, I think they make it look appetizing. He yeah. just makes it palatable. Look, I, look, Jason Alexander didn't make the McDLT look appetizing. <laughs> he made the song and dance about the McDLT look appetizing. <laughs> the McDLT did its own work. So okay, is there is there a total is there a totally like totally Whopper book all about how the Whopper <laughs> came to get famous? There probably is totally Whopper. Uh, within another few weeks, the tiny thespian tried out his <laughs> tried out and was hired for <laughs> several more television commercials. Now, I read this earlier, and I wanna I, I really wanna gauge your reaction here. Gauge away. Okay, he appeared in regional ads for such products as Kern's bread. <laughs> okay vivident gum i think i remember vivident uh in national ads for kellogg's product 19 what the fuck is pro- like what it was just it's redacted by the government I, or something i, I don't know <laughs> mattel toys yeah. uh and canon camcorders oh mm-hmm. uh, jonathan also nabbed a role in an industrial film Ooh. it wasn't shown to the public but he did get his first on-camera experience as well as an entry into the screen actors guild the organization of all working actors uh, that all working actors must join point of order well yeah what about actors equity how could that how could that possibly be his first on-screen experience when a he's been in a national ad he's been in a couple of regional ads yeah and he has had in front of the camera modeling exposure. And how do you get SAG credit for an industrial film that is only going to be shown to employees? Like that—that that means the people in like in like here's how to clean the the freezer at Chuck E. Cheese yeah. would be SAG members. I'll tell you why because because if you are a company, you don't want to hire non-union and get wrapped up in all those rules so even though it's more expensive you're covering your ass mm-hmm. as a company to not be sued by one thing or another by going non-union you know i feel like elves would appreciate this union solidarity that's being shown <laughs> um it was when he signed up for sag that he found he couldn't use his birth name professionally oh so there's a lot of I, i'm just giving a preface to this yeah. paragraph there's yeah. a lot of stuff in that last paragraph in this that i feel like i either have a memory lapse or she's skirting over information that we don't have. So just saying that while we go here. Yeah. So he couldn't use his birth name professionally. There was already an actor registered by that name, and the rules state that no two actors can go under the uh, identical name. That's when he became, for professional purposes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Thomas was his own middle name, and Tom... Or, I'm sorry, Taylor was his own middle name, and Thomas was Joel's. Oh. So what was his birth name? Yeah. Wait. I mean, I'm not crazy, right? I mean, that's a thing that we haven't... Yeah, we, we, cannot, information we cannot know the, the true name. I feel like if we're reading an exhaustive biography that tells us, like, all these 
anodyne facts about the towns where he grew up, they could at least tell us what his real name is. Well, I can't verify this as his real name, but uh, when I'm looking on his uh, alternate names on his IMDb profile, he sometimes goes by Jonathan Thomas or Jonathan Weiss. Oh. Also, John Thomas is uh, like English slang for penis. (laughs) Take that for what you want, but I would pick a different name if that were me. Um... It's just a weird fact that she kind of glosses over. Maybe she didn't have... It was so unauthorized, this biography, that she didn't want to name-check him for real. Yeah, yeah, um, she was being chased by people trying to silence her. And I guess maybe out of professional courtesy, she knows that this is a teenager she's writing about and doesn't want to give his real name because there are a lot of people seeking out his address, you know, crazy fangirls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can see that, even, even before and the internet. Boys. Yeah, um, everybody can be in on it. Racking up the acting credits and on-screen experience was on-the-job training for Jonathan. Oops. Uh, Never during his early days in Los Angeles did anyone suggest acting lessons. Jonathan's timing, his emoting, his comic ability all came naturally. It was just his gift. I don't feel like we've heard any of that before. No, no, I really did not. (laughs) Eat your heart out, Brando. (laughs) At this point, even though Jonathan was landing commercials one after another, he and his mom still weren't sure how much longer they could stay in Los Angeles. As successful as he was in commercials, they questioned whether or not that was enough to pull up the stakes and relocate permanently. As it was, whenever Jonathan was between auditions uh, and commercials, he and his mom journeyed back to Sacramento to resume their normal lives. That's in quotes. In in scare quotes? Wow. (laughs) Jonathan would rejoin his class, picking up as if he'd never left, only to depart again when another acting opportunity came along. That's got to be tough on the old edumacation. Yeah, uh, and social life. Yeah. Being flexible has served him well. I don't think it would be that hard on his social life, because in case you haven't heard, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is charming, has an adorable button nose, (laughs) uh, magnetic personality, able to make everyone like him. Uh, Does he have a sparkle, though? Uh, Yeah, no, he definitely has a sparkle. Like like Edward Cullen, he sparkles. (laughs) Uh, All that glitters is not gold, but it is JTT. So next week we'll learn whether or not uh, they decide to stay there permanently. We're going to end JTT Junction there. For today, okay. Uh, so, class, put away your notebooks and uh... put away your notebooks with JTT on the cover of them. <laughs> and we are nearing the end of chapter two. Uh, I would say oh. in the next episode or two, we will get there. Oh, that's exciting! That's some real suspense. Yeah. Then we go on to chapter three. Oh, that's what comes after chapter two, huh? <laughs> For a total of five chapters. <laughs> Might not be uh, incorrect on that part. Well, so, I mean, he was pretty young when they wrote this book. There's not a whole lot of life story to tell, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, do we get a sequel to this book, though? I want to know about that. Oh, yeah. it's Yeah, that that is the sequel. It's called Partially JTT. <laughs> uh, it's just called JT. Ah. Get it? No. Because it's partial. Ah, now I get it. <laughs> so even though we left without the trolley, the trolley has caught up to us, so everybody get back in, and let's go back to the episode already in progress. It's a good thing they winterized the tracks. <laughs> so uh, Al finally does get on the phone with Eileen yeah. after being handed off by Teasus, and uh, they have, and, you know, he first tries to strike some compromise where, oh, we'll, we'll do, you know, we'll have Mom join us for New Year's, but then we'll do something the weekend after, just you and me, and she's like, no, you missed the point. Like, I need you to choose between me and your mom. Yeah, she drops the ultimatum real hard right now. Yeah, just, just an ultimatum hard enough to, to shatter the floor. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and then hangs up, and Al is uh, stuck in this uh, regional airport uh, with no <laughs> idea what to do about his relationship and no idea what choice to make. Uh, yeah, so t- Tim decides to explore uh, alternate 
uh, options of getting out of this town. Yeah. Uh, he goes back up to the clerk and yeah. asks, uh, is there anywhere we can rent a snowmobile? Yeah. And the guy says, that would be a good idea. But there's not. <laughs> we don't have any. Yeah. Uh, dog sled? He's like, well, uh, you know, my, my cousin has a, a sled, and I, I have a dog, so, you know, this could work, but it's a, it's just a poodle. Oh, and, and, then, <laughs> and then he does his hand gesture. He, he's kind of just, like, on, on the counter, just kind of with, with his hands measuring out about the size and height <laughs> of this poodle. It is not a big dog. It's really good. And then we get a, a dog-reindeer transition to the terminal later. Yeah. yeah. Uh well well wait do we go do we go home at that point nope. and see the boys with we get a we get a time transition it's okay. later um where Tim goes up to the clerk again to ask if there are any hotels in town yeah uh they're all booked up surprise yeah. surprise uh so but he does say I mean oh. he's got the room at his house yeah so that's what yeah it goes into that whole bit so, yeah. I have a room in my house that I rent out for forty dollars a night. Yeah, and then Tim and Tim and Al are like, "Oh, okay, that sounds agreeable." And he says, "There is, of course, uh, special storm pricing when it is two hundred dollars a night." <laughs> and then Tim goes, well, "You know what? I'm going to alert the the Better Business Bureau." <laughs> this is the be- This is the best moment. <laughs> and uh, he just goes, "Go ahead." And, and then and he just, reaches over, flips over well, the sign. Well, no, they both stand there looking at each other for a long time. But then Tim takes the sign. Oh. And turns it around and just says Better Business Bureau on the other side. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great sight Oh, gag. It's, it's really good. That makes the episode for me, really. Uh, but then Tim is so desperate that he grabs the first woman who's walking by, this old woman sweeping up the terminal, uh, and just goes, listen, do you have a room in your house that we can, we will pay you, we will, you know, yeah. she just looks and goes, perverts, <laughs> and keeps walking. Uh, and, and, uh, and the guy, the, the, yeah, the clerk goes, I'll see you at home, Ma. Yeah. This woman... Uh, we're going to go into a very quick character actor corner for Connie Sawyer, uh, who is prolific. Yes. <laughs> I use that term a lot, but she has 145 credits. Fuck. Uh, she passed away uh, last year, two years ago, I guess, mm-hmm. 2018. Uh, she goes back all the way to the 50s. Um, Dr. Kildare. That's a 1960s show. I don't... About doctors. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how much of our... Uh, uh, listeners go back that far, but how about the Andy Griffith show? That's oh, something that, that one I've heard, heard of. of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob Carroll, Ted, and Alice, the uh, the swingers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, going through the decades here, looking for something familiar. Macmillan and Wife. That's a thing that I'm sure people have heard of. Mary Tyler Moore. Oh. Uh, Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. A lot of Marys. Kojak. Well, Kojak comes up a lot. Lou Grant. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these people are from the same casting director. Perhaps. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that is the secret to this. Um, we have Starsky and Hutch, hmm. Hawaii Five O. Now, she doesn't really pick up again until the uh, the 90s, because she kind of becomes the go-to uh, uh, crumply old woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so she was in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. As, oh, do you recognize her? The woman in the wheelchair. Uh, is there a woman in a wheelchair? In that well, movie? it's it's the one who like uh, uh, you know it's early on in the movie like she gives some bad advice to one of the guys. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, no, she's the landlord that's like pounding on the oh, door. Oh, right, all right. Okay. Uh, she plays. Um, I think it's her in. Uh... Okay, it's not her in the mask, but uh, she, she looks a lot. She plays a similar character to like the landlord in the mask as mm-hmm. well. Um. She was on Seinfeld. Oh. She was in Out of Sight. Oh. <laughs> I know. This is your favorite. She was on Becker. 
God, all, it has <laughs> got to be the same casting director. Uh, she was not on Cheers. She was not on Frasier, if I could spell it right. Mm-hmm. The question is, was she in ER? Yes. From 1999 to 2006, she was in two episodes of ER. Actually, Fuck as yeah. two different ladies. Fuck uh, yeah. She played Kathy Still Brennan counts. in 1999 and second old lady in uh, 2006. Oh, so she went from being a named character to an unnamed character. <laughs> that, well, that's kind of a sad arc, but still counts. She was on ER. I can practically taste the chalupas. Oh, she also played Nana in uh, The Office. Oh, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so there you go. That is Connie Sawyer. Connie Sawyer. Yep. We salute you for being on ER in a way that I could guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Back to the episode. Yes. Which leaves a... So, yeah. Says, uh, perverts, we get uh, a creepy clown sliding into frame. Yes. That takes us to the backyard where the kids are dealing with the Christmas lights. Yeah. They have had an accident with one of the three wise men, so they are hoisting a clown that I guess they just have around the house, <laughs> like you do. Listen, mannequin. I'm not going to question what Randy has around. I, I, I suppose so. If he's got a creepy mask, why wouldn't he have a creepy clown? This is clown? a kid who sleeps in a room with shadows directly looking like uh, scary shadow people that are about to kill him. And also, you think about it, I mean, he he already sleeps in the basement where there's things that he's scared of. Maybe the clown was already down there, but he wasn't scared of that <laughs> at all. Uh, but there, there was just like... Not a particularly great movie, but in scary movie, I think... I think it's one or two where uh, they're doing the poltergeist spoof, mm-hmm. but then the guy pulls the clown back and, like, well, has his way with it. But uh, Oh, God. I'm wondering if Randy's, like, his serial killerness took over the clown and the clown was going to prey on him, but then he turned the tables and, like, no, you're mine now, clown. <laughs> I can play your game, clown. <laughs> um, so so uh, Jill comes out, tells yep. him to go inside and take a break. Eileen has some cookies for you. If they taste salty, don't say anything. She's been crying into the batter. <laughs> and the boys always kind of go, oh, I guess we'll just have milk. <laughs> I just want to point out one of uh, Jill's lines, too, that I really liked, which was was when she sees the clown and they give the explanation well we had an accident with one of the wise men jill goes well uh i guess we'll be giving out gold frankincense and a seltzer <laughs> and in this day and age with how much people like Lacroix, that's actually a good hey, gift. yeah um so uh, the kids go inside wilson comes out in the backyard uh, getting ready for uh, for his christmas and jill has a conversation with him that really doesn't solve anybody's problems <laughs> no uh, she explains that Tim is stuck in uh, stuck at the airport in Alpine, and yep. uh, and and Wilson says, "Oh, I have a very good friend who works up there. He's a clerk at the airport." <laughs> and I would love to see an episode with Wilson and this guy talking because they would just be they would just be great. See, I missed that line of dialogue. So, uh, oh no, yeah, I did. That was it. That was an important. That was an important uh, plot point for the episode. I'm glad that we did this podcast, so you know about it now. Well, like I said, it teaches me all kinds of trivial things. Yes. Um, they talk a little bit about what each other got for their partners. Uh, yeah. Jill got Tim a power converter for the car, so that when he's stuck in traffic, he doesn't have to yell at people. He can just build something. I love the idea of him just building a whole new freeway to drive home on. <laughs> <laughs> or build your or doing the classic uh, pimp my ride thing and building a car or inside his car so he can drive while he drives. 
one other thing we learn is that he's still with Judith. Uh, yes. Wilson and Judith are still a thing. Yes, Wilson has uh, knitted a sweater for Judith with wool that he sheared and spun from a sheep. And then I'm making her dinner, and uh, Jill says, oh, what are you having? And he says, lamb chops. <laughs> Which is the first normal thing I think Wilson has ever made for anybody. <laughs> well, yeah, except the fact that he probably caught it himself. And well, Do, do you uh, catch sheep? I mean, they're, they're, all, of the, all of the survival instinct has been bred out of sheep. It's not hard to catch them. It, you rustle sheep. The, yeah. you, that's when you steal sheep from someone else. It's that's sometimes catching. hard to count them. Yes, yes. I, I, get, I get what you did there. I just, you know. Well, yeah, I just say I have to, I have to restart sometimes oh, yeah, when I'm counting. Yeah. Or I, my mind wanders. <laughs> uh, then we get a light transition. All the Christmas lights on the fence kind of light up and take us to... Uh, the terminal yet yes. again. Yes, where, where Tom uh, Hanks is trapped. He can't. He can't come into the country. It's not really a good movie. Catherine Zeta Jones is there though. That's kind of cool. A buddy of mine. I, I haven't thought about this in forever till this very moment. A buddy of mine was an extra in that movie. Oh God. Uh, specifically in the scene where Tom Hanks cuts a fart, <laughs> and he said that they had to do that scene over and over, and he had to react to Tim Tom Hanks's fart. Over and over and over again for an entire day. What a what a acting gig that is. You know, you say what you want about JTT's early work. He never had to spend an entire day reacting to <laughs> Academy Award winner Tom Hanks farting. <laughs> I, oh my god! I like you know what? I didn't like that movie much, but I think I like it more now. I, I didn't remember there was a farting scene, but now I'm gonna go watch just it. Just rewatch the movie and just pretend that there's this like little hovering cloud of fart smell around Tom Hanks the whole film. Just stink lines coming off. Of him. Yeah, and that every person that's reacting to him also has to like silently react to like, do I tell him he smells or no? That's the real reason that they're not letting him into America. It's because of the nonstop farts. <laughs> Uh, oh my we're, goodness. We're, at, we're at that point we are uh we cut to the terminal where uh the clerk announces hey just to let you guys know i've sliced the prices on my uh my hotel so it's back down to 45 dollars a night and, and tim and al who are now now uh, wise to this guy's bullshit go let me guess the storm is over isn't it and he <laughs> says yes the storm is clearing and your flight will leave in 15 minutes which when has ever been that fast at an airport i don't oh, know mr burbank airport uh well I, look, i'm just saying like if something happened at burbank airport that grounded flights and then it's like oh yeah your flight specifically you truman your flight that has been delayed all this time will be in the air in 15 minutes like like whenever that happens doesn't matter what airport you're at it's like okay uh, the blockage on the runway has been cleared and your flight will be underway in seven and a half years uh, it's <laughs> always just like bullshit like oh yeah. there's a lot of flights backed up or something like that uh and this is a relatively short scene is there anything else you want to add to it before we get the plane exhaust transition no okay then we get a plane exhaust transition that takes us onto the plane a fart kind of in a way don't you think <laughs> okay we'll we'll uh we'll let that one hang well, well <laughs> yeah like much like tom hanks did uh <laughs> on the plane uh al is still lamenting uh about um between his mom and eileen yeah and uh yeah he's go he's going back and forth on the one hand this on the one hand yeah. that on the one hand this and tim finally says al you've got to eight hands use one of them to slap yourself <laughs> uh and then al's beeper goes off yes and we get the strangest I, I don't even know why this is in here but uh a woman next to him uh across the aisle just goes excuse me are you in, by any chance a doctor <laughs> and tim goes no he's a mama's boy <laughs> and the woman just kind of wrinkles her nose but it's like do you need a doctor? Like, is there a problem, ma'am? Are you okay? I think, well, so, okay, we're going to go into a little bit of a character actor corner. 
Um, very short one this time. Mm-hmm. I know I said that for the last three, but uh, her credited name is Attractive Woman. So I think that they were trying to play this as a come on mm-hmm. uh, that just didn't come off. Yes. <laughs> I'm funny. Uh, this is played by Sydney Anderson. Mm. She has two credits. Home Improvement and Was She on ER? <laughs> I'm the only smart answer here. I will I'll give you a hint. Uh the other show came after her appearance on Home Improvement. Another hint is it is a TV show. I'm still going to say no. Smart money is no. Smart money is no. Unfortunately, you are correct. <laughs> Chalupas. <laughs> Finally. Well, the the Tulupa moment will come if you and I both guess everything in this episode correctly. Oh, I okay. Everything fair. has to come together. Fair, fair. So right. I have to get the grunt count right. Okay. And then did I say grunt count right? Yeah, you did. did I know I said grunt count right, but did I say it correctly? Y- yes. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if I said gunt count again. Gunt. Um, she was also in Spin City. Oh, wow. As Ilsa, the Swedish delegate. So. <laughs> Hey kids, it's Ilsa, the Swedish delegate. <laughs> that was Sydney Anderson. Let's get back to the scene at hand. Yes, uh, Tim and Al are discussing uh, his mother and Eileen, and they get into the realness where Tim finally says, "Look, have you ever thought about having kids? Because that won't happen with your mother." And Al finally kind of gets to the heart of what the issue is. Is he said, "Well, I made a promise before my dad died that I would always take care of my mother, and I can't turn my back on her." Yeah. And uh, this t- seems like something that would hit Tim a little bit deeper than it does. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think Tim would have a little more uh, like reverence for this, especially after what he went through last week. Yeah, right. Like Tim deals with his mother last week, and then he's just got nothing, nothing in the tank for Al with his mother. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, Tim says to him, "Well, don't you think your dad would have wanted you to fall in love with a woman and have a family? I mean, if he was here right now, what would he be saying?" And Al goes, "Al, stay with your mother. I'm going to the track." <laughs> Feel a little dark. Yeah, I know. It gives us a, like, there's a sad story there, I think. <laughs> uh, especially because thinking back to the childhood memory, the childhood uh, home videos that oh, yeah, Al was yeah. playing, he was playing with a track of some sort. Well, I mean, a train track. Was it a train track? Yeah, I think it was like a... Not yeah. a racing track? I don't think there was a toy race track, no. Okay, I can't remember. But that would have been track. great. But yeah, it was a track. You, you've, you've got, no, Landon, you did very good. And thus, this bit tracks. Uh, <laughs> you, so, I think you tracked something foul in here. <laughs> It was Tom Hanks. We, uh, but he goes, okay, I get your point though. Uh, all of a sudden, we get um, a announcement, announcement? Yes. from the captain. We, we guessed it right that uh, they are going. Uh, that the the visibility is too low, so that they have to divert to Toledo. Yep, nothing worse than being being sent to Toledo in a snowstorm. <laughs> that's happened to Tim before. Uh, and they're lamenting that Tim's going to miss his first, you know, his first Christmas yeah. at, at home. Like, the first time ever he'll miss Christmas with the family, and this is this is a, such a disaster. Yeah. And, it's, and, you know, I'm going to miss the I'm gonna miss the kids lighting up the house. And Alice says, oh, we still might make it back in time. And Tim says, no, they're probably doing it right now. And then suddenly, bright, blinding lights shine in through the window. And let me ask you, I couldn't remember if this was my memory of this episode or if it was just predictable. Uh, but this moment of the lights coming on uh, and seeing it from the plane. 
I mean, I don't, I don't remember this moment. Well, I mean, would you say it was a predictable moment? I, but by the time there, like the lead up to, like I knew it was coming thirty seconds before it happened. You did, but okay. like I didn't see it coming before that. But then, well, you also picked up the the earlier foreshadowing. Well, line I didn't. Too. I only realized it like after the fact. Like, oh, he oh. said the lights were bright enough to be on a runway. Yeah. Oh, it all makes it, it tracks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But, but uh, so the lights are super bright, and and Tim is like, oh my god, I think that's my house. What's that clown doing on the roof? <laughs> Uh, and then we get another uh, notification from the captain. This is your captain speaking. Uh, the, the lights are actually making it bright enough that uh, dispatch is saying we can land. Yeah. So uh, from there, we cut back to the house. <laughs> Apparently, they landed safely. Yeah. And the boys, uh, the boys, by the boys, I mean Tim and L. Yeah. Uh, arrive the, at home the, safely. The boys get back to town. <laughs> they do. In fact, we start with the boys staring at their first place trophy yes. on the table. Yeah. They're saying, oh, man, you know, we're really good at this. We don't have dad holding us back. <laughs> um, was this one continuous shot or was this broken up? I know. I think it was basically one continuous shot because you yeah. go from the boys. It kind of pulls back and we see Al and Eileen on the couch and they're making up. He's like, I finally. Mm-hmm recognize the error in my ways i'll put up some boundaries with my mother yeah uh and then they make out hardcore way too hardcore given that there are friends to the right of them (laughs) and children behind them also to make this next bit make sense on the plane when al realizes he has a problem he gives his beeper to tim who takes it from him right uh one of the boundaries he's setting up and then tim not being able to get his book from (laughs) ken ross uh he wraps the beeper and gives it to jill as her gift for the holiday season and he and he says like yeah this way you know i I can call you and tell you i love you 24 hours a day and (laughs) then the beeper goes off and jill says oh tim that's so sweet but i have to go call al's mother now (laughs) uh and then we go to the outtakes where we get a little bit more with the kirk clerk um which uh this guy i think was i can't say empirically but i think that uh, he was also known as a, a big improviser so yeah. uh the scene that they're going through uh he adds a little bit more to it that i don't think tim and al were um expecting yeah that was pretty funny and then uh, we get a, a bloop of uh people outside the aircraft just kind of a production bloop yeah and then um more about the the plane insurance yep yep more more flight insurance jokes <laughs> it's the 90s who doesn't like those uh jokes about insurance i love them <laughs> How does your parents feel about them? Uh, they hate them. <laughs> okay. Because they both work for insurance companies <laughs> and are eager to retire. Um, is there anything in this episode we didn't cover? I, I think we've covered everything. I think so. We've covered it all. Hmm. Except for one question. Now it's you in the hot seat. Huh? What question could that be? That question could be, what is the count of the grunts? Oh. Man, my seat is burning. It is hot as hell. Yep. Because I have to guess the big chalupa question yes how many grunts were in this episode yes now i have to go by to i have to make a decision here do i go by how many grunts i counted which i don't pay as close attention as you do or do i go by how many grunts i think you counted because sometimes uh you decide something's not a grunt or a grunt uh that you know is up for you know no I don't. I, don't want, I always support you. No, no, you, I, I get it. I get it. But I, sometimes I don't know what you're going to do, and I can't help you make this decision. I know. Unfortunately, just, I want I'm this to be pure. Talking my way through it to see which I actually feel more strongly for. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the number that people usually find to be lucky. I'm going to go with three. Oh no! His face. It was four. It's four. 
I, I it was the number that we specifically said we wanted earlier. He goes, he goes. This is in this is in the grunt. This is in the grunt. What am I talking? This is in the tool time segment. Yeah. When they're there on on set. Oh man, Landon off by one. He goes, he goes, ha 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 ha, like that. Oh, oh my God. I dude, those chalupas are gonna get really musty up there. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I was so close to getting us. And all of our listeners, chalupas. Yeah, yeah, shower of chalupas for everyone. Man, that sucks. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Landon. It Three. really, I almost, and it was, I almost, it wasn't even like I missed one in the episode. I just miscounted. I really want to like revise the count so you can be right about this. I, it, it, it kills me. But now you see what it's like for me playing the ER game and being wrong so often. I do. Uh, I don't like it. No. It's not fun. No, it's not. And my stomach's empty. Yeah, that's all all of these things are bad. I mean, I go to bed hungry and this is just Well, understand. I mean, you can I'm, eat listen, something listeners. other than chalupas. I'm so sorry that I let us all down. Yeah. Well, I think everyone else is sorry too. Well, we're now, all sorry we put our faith in you. <laughs> we have to go into a very solemn thanking of our patrons. <sighs> well, to our official grandheads. Yeah. I want to say sorry to the following people for what transpired here tonight. Amazing Grace. Amber. <laughs> How sweet. Michael. The Cheyenne. Sound. Farrah. Mm-hmm. TJ. Mm-hmm. Manbach. And, mm-hmm. of course, Mason. We're sorry. I don't know the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. We wanted to get you chalupas. We really wanted to make it happen this week. Maybe some of you are thinking, wait, what is this chalupa joke? Did this kind of organically evolve over the past three and a half years? Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> we're sorry, but hey, you know what? The great thing about you guys being grunt heads and being our, our loyal supporters is that maybe next week it'll happen. Maybe, yeah. There's always a chance every single week that we earn everybody uh, some free chalupas. Yes. God forbid we should actually get this right because then we're going to have a bunch of emails inquiring about chalupas. And I don't even know if they still make chalupas at Taco Bell. If you have questions about your uh, right to chalupas, write in at chalupa at gruntworkpodcast.com. Chalupa at tacobell.org. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry we have to end on a disappointing note, but uh, Gruntwork is made possible by generous and patient people. Because we will hit those chalupas one day. Oh, yes. Just like uh, the patrons that we just discussed. Yes. Discussed, I said. Discussed. So if you enjoyed today's show and want to help us reach that goal of chalupas, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at our Patreon. Yes, because for as little as $1 per month, which is about as much as a chalupa costs, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content, like our like our weekly Grunt Work Nights episodes. Don't give them an alternate to... <laughs> spending their one dollar somewhere else you can either get a guaranteed work. chalupa right away or the or invest in the possibility of a chalupa with our show and which is more exciting um and if you decide to describe describe oh, oh okay you could do it at a higher tier at patreon.com slash grunt pod yes good lord very good got to get through the rest of this episode yeah uh consider leaving us a rating review on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your shows. It's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it goes a very long way to help others find this show. Uh, also, stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram, at GruntWorkPod. You can find uh, today's show and more information on it on our website. Which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, where you can be notified of new episodes and get exclusive trivia and the Grunt Count hint. Um... 
four. I don't know what I'm going to do with well, that. You were, you were complaining about three earlier, and you were complaining about zero, so here <laughs> here you go. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know what? I'm also thinking I'm going to, for the exclusive trivia this week, give out some uh, some Kinross uh, trivia. Oh, yeah, and some Kinross merch in Papyrus. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for a piece of trivia that can't find one, so you'll have to subscribe to our newsletter to get that. Uh, with that, until next week, when we cover another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, this podcast has been overbooked, so we're looking for volunteers to give up their seats and fly out on a later podcast. We must warn you, it might be the Joe Rogan experience. Ooh. No one likes that. <laughs> See you after the mid-season break, folks. Bye! Bye.